Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. The Halloween that almost wasn't. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everyone calls me Bibbs. Except for me. I don't call you Bibbs. You never call me Bibbs, but other people call me Bibbs. I call, I call you William because I respect you as a man. Everyone uh, else calls me Bibbs. <laughs> Uh, my name is Whitney. And it, says, and it means a lot now, doesn't it? Uh, my name oh. is Whitney Seibel. I, uh, I am also a, a critic for Crave Online and for Blumhouse.com and for Legion of Leia occasionally. And uh, we are the co-hosts of the B-Movies podcast. From, from whence, whence we, we hail. hail. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Cancel Too Soon, again, the podcast review television series that lasted one season or less. But okay, in case you didn't catch that before. But it's uh, that's something we do on a bi-weekly basis because it takes a long time to watch a whole season of television. And so, on occasion, lately, we've started doing, on the in-between weeks, little short episodes, maybe of failed pilots, and we're going to do something a little different this time. It's October. It's Halloween season. Everyone likes Halloween. We love Halloween. Mm. And we wanted to do something a little different and cancel too soon. So, on the odd-numbered weeks... The, uh, Throughout the, the month of October, the the the, the bad Star Trek weeks of uh, <laughs> of, of cancel too soon. Although J.J. Abrams has flipped the formula, he certainly has. <laughs> uh, and honestly, the formula completely went kaputnik uh, around Star Trek Nemesis. Well, yeah, that's so, true. Which isn't as bad as people say it is, but still pretty bad. It's, uh, it's also the, to to date the lowest grossing, even yeah. Even not adjusted for inflation, the lowest grossing of all the Star Trek no movies. No one gave a crap. It's amazing. <laughs> um, we digress. Uh, for the odd-numbered weeks uh, on uh, month of October, we're going to be doing Halloween specials of yesteryear. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, not, not, not series, not pilots, just TV movies. Which is, there's actually, you know, everyone talks about Christmas specials, and there's a ton there's oh, more heck. Christmas specials than anybody knows what to do with. Mm. But there's actually... There's a whole, there should be a whole channel that runs year-round that shows nothing but Christmas specials and, and movies. And it would repeat stuff, but not as often as you might think. Mm -hmm. Like, it would actually be pretty amazing. And surely, and you know, around Christmas time, there's like Christmas wars on like mm -hmm. food networks and what have you. Yeah, and Hallmark sure Channel has a whole bunch of new stuff. Push all that and, stuff and, yeah. on, onto one station. That's all you need. It's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> you, should, you should talk to Time Warner about that. I don't know who's in charge of these yeah. things. If you know somebody at Time Warner, any of you, dear listeners, yeah. hook us up, because we got, we're the idea man. We got ideas. <laughs> But uh, there's a ton of Christmas specials, and there's actually a fair number of Halloween specials, but with the exception of the Charlie Brown Halloween special, mm. they tend not to get played every single year, at least not with, anymore. With the exception of this one, which ran every Halloween for 13 straight years. Yes, uh, and, and there's a few others that lasted like for a while, uh, but most of them fell out of favor eventually. Mm. The one that we're going to be talking about... Uh, today is uh, a Halloween special that doesn't air very often anymore. It's never been released on DVD. Mm -hmm. uh, it still it was made available on VHS. You can find it online. Under a different easily. title, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it was originally called The Halloween That Almost Wasn't. And it's also sometimes been released on home video as... The Night Dracula Saved the World. Both of which are spoilers, mm -hmm. neither of which are terribly accurate. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a 30-minute special that aired in 1979. On October 28th. So, so going, going back a few minutes, 
it is uh, kid-friendly. Very uh, kid-friendly. It was not put out by Disney, but it was eventually bought by Disney. Well, and it was on ABC, and the ABC network is now like... It was, was absorbed into Disney yeah. eventually. But uh, the Disney Channel, back when it was sort of a nascent thing, back uh, when cable was just taking off in the 80s, uh, bought it up, and they started showing it every Halloween from 1983 all the way through 1996. And So there is a generation of children who probably grew up watching this I, every Halloween. I had heard about this special, and I had no memory of it whatsoever, and then I watched it for this podcast, mm-hmm. and the memories came flooding back. <laughs> I just suddenly remember it, because I used to watch the Disney Channel. Disney Channel actually had decent Halloween programming. They had a series of their own specials, or specials they'd co-opted. Witch's mm-hmm. Night Out was another one of my favorite. Did you ever see Mr. Boogity? I never saw Mr. Boogity. Uh, I know of Mr. Boogity. Mr. Boogity was one of the ones we were thinking about doing this month. I've seen both of the Mr. Boogity films. Those are great. Um, But my favorite one, which I don't Mm. think we should do because it's just a clip show. They did this uh, Disney's Halloween treat, which was just clips from various spooky Disney cartoons. Like It it opened with uh, Night of Old Mountain. From okay. Fantasia. Then they probably showed the old mill, which is good and spooky. They showed the yeah. old mill. They showed um, um, this one uh, old Pluto cartoon where he dreams he goes to hell and is oh, tormented yeah, by all the cats yeah. he chased. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a nice and like part of it is uh, hosted by um, uh, the Magic Mirror from Snow White. But then, uh, who was the name of the villain in the Rescuers? Oh, I, the rescuers, I, yeah, the first rescuers? I, I, this, I wanted to say Ratigan, but that was no, the Great was, Mouse Detective. Yeah, so, no, yeah. in the original Rescuers, it's about this little kid who gets kidnapped by this evil woman who lives in a swamp. And they show that clip, and as she, like, whips out her shotgun to try to shoot the Rescuers, who you recall are just a pair of mice, um, she shoots, and then the magic mirror gets a bullet hole in it, and the magic mirror freaks out and says, I'm getting out of here! And then he just vamooses, and then another narrator <laughs> takes over. <laughs> it's a weird show. Um, so anyway, so this is on a lot. Disney. I saw it. Whitney oh, didn't. Disney. Disney no, was I, weird. I, I didn't grow up. Well, I, first of all, I didn't have cable TV. Mm-hmm. And I was one year old in 1979, so I wasn't really around to see its initial broadcast. Um, I wasn't. Maybe I saw it. Who's to know? It, it predates I don't, me. I don't remember is the yeah. point. Uh, I was a so, twinkle yeah. in my parents' body parts. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, this was still uh, uh, when it's premiered. But yeah, I didn't have uh, the Disney Channel. I didn't have cable TV in our house. So yeah, this, this sort of passed me by. Yeah. And it wasn't until... Until uh, the people who were watching it became adults and started talking about it again that I even heard of this for the first time. Yeah. And it wasn't until today that I saw it for the first time. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if I missed out, but I really enjoyed myself. It's a cute little little short. Yeah. So, the pl- so the premise of the short is, and it's live action, mm-hmm. um, is it's like the day before Halloween. Two days before Halloween. It's two days before Halloween. Dracula wakes up, gets out of his coffin. He's Igor, play, played by Judd Hirsch. Who is one of the... Judd Dr- Hirsch as Dracula. <laughs> Already so, you're laughing. Judd Hirsch, um, you may know him from Taxi, or if you're younger, the Independence Day movies. He is this very Jewish comedian. Ne- Nebishy Borscht Belt yeah. comedian. of Very funny man. Ch- children, like One of the children of like the, the Mel Brooks, Sid Caesar school of yeah. TV writing. He's very, very funny man. Mm. Uh, and he is exactly wrong for Dracula. Like he's like, But he's when, so perfect he, for that's, Dracula that's as well. Yeah. I, what I was recalling when I was watching Hell Me Almost Wasn't was actually Adam Sandler's Dracula from the Hotel Transylvania movies. Movies which aren't classics, but are better than you'd think. Uh And he's actually a very capable voice for Dracula. There's something he brings to it. This sort of, uh, um, um, just this... 
tonal iconography, he sounds like Dracula should sound. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a joke, but he is also serious. And yeah, Judd Hirsch is... There's actually a couple of moments where he makes like kind of scary faces, and you mm. actually are kind of like, "Oh yeah, he's actually a pretty good Dracula." Like, <laughs> he's a, he's a pretty good Dracula. He's hamming it up, but you can tell that he's playing it completely straight. Mm-hmm. He's, he's playing the character. He's playing the character. It, it's not like the one I was reminded of actually while watching this was Leslie Nielsen in Mel Brooks' Dracula: Dead and Loving It, a movie I like more than most. I, I like it too, which yeah. maybe I shouldn't admit to. It's not. It's not really good, but it's funnier than it it's, gets credit it's, for. It's actually strangely watchable, but. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, like he plays it up. He's trying to play this, do what Judd Hirsch is doing. This he's trying to play it really straight. But Leslie Nielsen is not that type of actor. Yeah, he's, and he's also not, and he's, and he's yeah. not that type of comedian. In fact, yeah. early in Leslie Nielsen's career, he was the heavy. He's actually kind of a, a mean, scary dude, or he's at very least a stern. serious, dramatic dude. You and, saw him in Forbidden Planet. But even or... when you see him in The Naked Gun, he's <sighs> he's deadpan throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. That's why it's so funny. It's not because he's doing this big thing. And when he gets to Dracula, all of a sudden he's asked to overact and do something really silly. Yeah, by the time and Leslie Nielsen was doing Mister en- Magoo, it just he just wasn't it, funny you, anymore. You can tell he's enjoying it, but we're not enjoying it. Yeah. Judd Hirsch is enjoying it, but he's making sure that we're enjoying it as well. He's kind of yeah. winking, making sure we're in on this, and and he, playing it perfectly. And he's actually the best. Oh, he's he, fantastic! Not only is he the best thing about it, he's the reason the whole thing works. Mostly, okay. So the pro, so the plot is Dracula wakes up. Mm-hmm. Igor, played by the great Henry Gibson, <laughs> a, a poem by Henry Gibson. Henry Gibson. If you again, you probably recognize Henry Gibson. Uh, mm-hmm. He was uh, the leader of the Illinois Nazis and Blues Brothers. That was my favorite <laughs> performance. I hate Illinois Nazis. Um, what, well, else was, he, what else was Henry Gibson? He, he well, I, I know him from Laugh-In. Uh, oh, okay. he, he, he showed up on laugh uh, back when I've seen a few reruns yeah. of Laugh-In. Um, he was also, uh, again, younger audiences might know him. He was a recurring character on Boston Legal. Oh, um, I haven't, well, I haven't and, seen that. And actually, it's weird. A lot of the supporting characters, a lot of the supporting mm-hmm. cast in this was uh, did a ton of Robert Altman movies. <laughs> the guy who played the Wolfman, uh, uh, John Jack- Shuck from the Frank, played the Frankenstein monster in this. Mm-hmm. He was in a whole bunch of uh, Robert Altman movies. Um, uh, the guy who played Zabar the zombie uh, was actually Yosip uh, Elich was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. The, okay, that is a career. I want to talk to this guy <laughs> immediately. I want to talk to this guy. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. we we've been digressing. The plot is Dracula wakes up and sees <laughs> on the news mm-hmm. that someone, one of the monsters, has been talking. It's an anonymous there's, there's, tip there's, on the news. There's rumors now. Yeah. From that, the monster world. That Halloween is going to be canceled, and what are the monsters going to do? Well, first of all, how how do you cancel a holiday? Doesn't mm. matter. You're a little kid. You realize well, Halloween could be called off. Well, it's interesting because... And that's a scary thought. It's easy to think about how Christmas could be called off, and just Santa doesn't do it anymore. Oh. There's a whole bunch of Christmas specials about Santa quitting or being prevented from doing his holiday, mm. and that's that's that. Halloween it's just like what no no, no one's going to be scary well uh, like th- they they as as the special goes on they start clarifying what this means that the specific monsters i.e. the ones you know from universal monster movies and i don't know when it started sometime in the 60s when the universal monster characters from the 30s started being banded together in comedic sitcom situations. I think it was the Munsters it, it, that started it. It might have been the Monster Well, I mean, mash, well it was Abbott and Costello, yeah. in all fairness. I guess, probably I guess it was probably, yeah, it started to, yeah. to tip with Abbott and Costello. We but all by the just 60s, started accepting was, that they were fun and that they all knew each other so and they yeah. were funny. So now we're operating in that milieu where uh, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the Wolfman, the, Wolfman, the Mummy, 
the witch. Uh, Zabar the zombie. Zabar the lord of the zombies. Uh, that's uh, a new one. That's a new, that is he a new one. He has nothing to do. He's he just, literally just walks well, the, across the camera the, and then the he's mu- out of the story. The mummy falls over in one scene. That's all the mummy does. More but, than Zabar uh, the zombie does. <laughs> and aren't they all, aren't they both typically... Well, so Te- is technically zombie. Well, so is Frankenstein, uh, kinda. Yeah, I guess he's so. A man-made zombie, but yeah. He's but uh, yeah, they're all, they're all, and they we we get to know that Halloween requires that all of these monsters unite and do certain things, and Dracula mm. has to go out into the world and frighten children. That's what he does, and unless mm. he does unless he does that somewhere in the world, mm. Halloween doesn't happen. Well, also, the witch, the most important, the most important thing, and this is the most important element: the witch has to get on her broomstick. And fly over the moon, Amblin style. Yeah, that's how it begins. It mm. doesn't begin, it's like ringing the bell at the stock <laughs> exchange. Like, it doesn't, no one's allowed it's to trade like, stock like, until like, someone actually hits that fucking like bell. midnight mass for the monsters. Yeah, exactly. So the witches gotta do that. So they get all the monsters in, Henry Gibson inter- introduces them, there's a funny little bit. Henry Gibson, by the way, is Igor. Yes. <laughs> who, again, if for those who don't know, Igor is fucking no one. There is no movie, there's no book about Igor. Igor doesn't exist. Igor was made up Kind of. In one of the Frankenstein sequels. In one of Frankenstein. So it started off with the person that we all think of as Igor, the hunchback, the, the uh, exactly. sidekick to the monsters. It's actually Fritz, played by Dwight Fry. <laughs> yeah, in the original Frankenstein, it was he was named Fritz. And that's kind of the iconography. Hunchback, creepy, mm. kind of a monster, but mostly just a, a bad dude. Sniveling little assistant. Yeah, that's that's Fritz dies in that movie. And it wasn't until Son of Frankenstein when Bela Lugosi played Igor. It was Son of Frankenstein. Bela Lugosi played Igor, and he was not a hunchback. Yeah, he was just some guy, some some Hungarian dude who yeah. wanted to become a Frankenstein monster. And for whatever reason, longer. and it's actually be kind of interesting to really map the path. Mm-hmm. At some point between that and like Mad Monster Party, uh, Igor just became universally accepted as Frankenstein's assistant. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing backing that up. He is not a real character. Fact, he just sort of happened. I didn't see it, but uh, Max Landis wrote mm-hmm. that screenplay, uh, Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Which was told from Igor's perspective. Only now this was like a reimagining of this pop figure of Igor. Yeah, the idea is to make Igor important after the fact. And I'll say this but, about But he wasn't movie. a hunchback. It was Daniel Radcliffe, just well, regular looking no, dude. No, he was a hunchback, but it turns out it wasn't actually a hunchback. He just had like a huge cyst. And oh, then like Frankenstein drains it. And like yeah. it's really gross. Like, you know I, what? The sequel needs to be about the fluid drained from the cyst oh and God. how it's put to nefarious purposes. Like somebody drinks it and turns into a monster. So I will say this about that movie, Victor <laughs> Frankenstein. Uh, there's some clever ideas in it. Uh, no, there really are. Like if there's, if you're like a huge, if you've seen every Frankenstein movie, there's some fun stuff in that movie. Mm-hmm. But there's fun stuff in that movie the way that there's some stuff, there's some fun stuff in The Bride, the one with Jennifer Beals and oh, Sting. It's a terrible movie. Like it's kind of terrible, but like if you like Frankenstein, there's some neat stuff to see. I suppose so. Victor Frankenstein is not a complete watch, but it's not a very good movie. Anyway, so Igor is in this. It's played by Henry yeah. Gibson. He's uh-huh. fucking hilarious. Um, and then uh, Dracula says, you know, whoever has been spreading these rumors, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I do not go blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, um, and it turns out it's the witch. The, the witch wit- is sick of being glossed over, of not being appreciated, of mm-hmm. all the ugly woman jokes that everyone keeps uh-huh. making about her. And so she has a list of demands. She's, she's threatening to go on strike. She's threatening to go on strike. And she knows that Halloween can start without her. So she gets a list of demands. It's like a big, long scroll. Mm. And the list of demands includes things like it's now her face on the T-shirts instead of Dracula. Uh, and um, <laughs> she wants to co-lead the monsters with Dracula. She doesn't even want to take it over. She wants equal rights. It's actually 
kind of an interesting like proto-feminist Halloween special in a couple of little ways. I, I, th- I thought of that. Yeah, it was, and this is 1979 when uh, mm-hmm. sort of the, the the Steinem wave of feminism was still sort of in full swing. Yeah. So it's it's not too in your face about it, but it's mm. there and it's kind of nice actually that there's actually a little something to it. Um, and uh, Dracula refuses to, to meet the demands. The witch absconds. They do the Scooby-Doo gag. Which is that shot of the hallway from the end of the hallway with a whole bunch of doors. Ah, and, and they all cross the hallway. Yeah, yeah. They all end up well, in their own the wrong door. I think that's... Which which came first, Scooby-Doo or Yellow Submarine that did that gag? Uh, Yellow Submarine did come first. Okay. so Ye- Yellow Submarine did that first? Really? Yeah, yeah. There's huh. the, the scene where they go into a door and all this wacky stuff passes if in the hallway. If anyone knows an earlier version of that gag... And well, we all I'm, know the Scooby. We all I'm know sure, Scooby Doo. I'm sure it comes from an, a silent movie somewhere. I just want to know yeah, where yeah. it is. I want to know the earliest version <laughs> of the Scooby Doo hallway door gag, slamming yeah. door gag because that's a great gag. Mm. Whoever came up with it first deserves credit. <laughs> this deserves is true. deserves this is true. credit. I would love to find that. out. I'm, I'm sure it was one of the Marx Brothers who came up yeah. with that back in their vaudeville days. Possibly. Anyway, uh, so the witch absconds. Uh, commercial break. And, and uh, well, I, actually, I, no, because she she flies away and Dracula follows her, but then mm-hmm. it's sun up. And he's got to fly back. Yeah, so they have to wait till the next morning. That's the commercial break. That's commercial break. And then it's the next night. They're going to break into the witch's castle. I guess all the monsters just have castles. Yeah, of course. I guess that's I guess that's fair. Okay, and they're lost up in the Carpathians somewhere. Each one yeah. has their own castle. Fair enough. Um, and uh, the, all the monsters break into the witch's house, and they try to. They're, they're, it looks like they're about to rough her up a bit. And ha- <laughs> Dracula's going to hypnotize her, and it gets a little. A little untoward, like there's this weird kind of creepy vibe. Like the the porno parody of this is this scene mostly. Oh dear God! Like, okay, just like ah, uh, don't don't don't. I'm sure I'm certain it's been done. And she resurrects her uh, ancestors to protect her. And her ancestors are none other than the Three Musketeers, <laughs> which I did not know. <laughs> I didn't know that all of them were related. Oh uh, yeah, uh, great granddaughter. They're, yeah, they're all they're all related. They one of them or all of them somehow sired a daughter or daughters, yeah. and and it's a witch. Yeah, like now, you do. I, I would think that you know, I would think that the monsters are all older than that because when was Frankenstein was written in the early 1700s? It's an old story. No, Frankenstein was the or, early 1800s or the 1830s. Not not Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yeah. But let me look up the date on Frankenstein. Look up the date on Frankenstein. I'll, sure. bet you, I'll bet you five bucks right now. It was it was closer to the 1830s than it was to the 1730s. All right. Whitney's looking this up right now. This will be fun. I, I, I gotta. I just. I gotta. I gotta. Gotta straighten it out in my head. Yeah. What do we got? So Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus? Yes, I know <laughs> more about Frankenstein. <laughs> 1818. Okay, uh, I was so, off by by about a decade. So you're right, you're but right. I was closer than you. Uh, yeah, so, take my five so well, Frankenstein now. was 1818. Uh, Dracula was uh, the 1890s. That's when he was written. Obviously, yeah. the character supposedly goes back but, way further. But uh, the mummy was only really used as a horror monster in like the 1920s and 1930s. Right. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out. Igor trying, again is bullshit. I'm tra- trying so to I'm trying to really suss bad. out the chronology because the Three Musketeers was written in the Golden Age of the novels, like 1830s as well. Yeah. So, how old is the witch? Uh, she said ancestors. She could be like, these people could cycle out. She could have taken her mom's job. Okay. You know, like, that's fine. Mm. That's not the end of the world. Who cares? I, I suppose Let you're right. Go. Okay. I, I, I figured they were all about the same age, and they all came from, you know, ancient times. Like, they'd all, they'd all okay. known each other for, like, hundreds of years. I'm going to start this. So I think the continuity is not the thing you should be <laughs> focusing on in the Halloween that almost mm. wasn't. It's, it's kind of shabby in certain right. regards. Um. 
So, uh, so anyway, so they break in, the witch, and the witch ends up locking herself in her room while the monsters all try to figure out how to, how to get to her. And um, so, when Igor, by the way, is the one with all the ideas. Yes. That's, that's his thing. He just has ideas. And they're not all terrible ideas, but they do all backfire. Well, uh, he, and he tries to do the, the, uh, Richard Lawton thing. Or Charles Lawton thing, excuse oh, me. Oh, like where, the, the where Hunchback he, of Notre Dame Yeah, thing. Where, where he swings in through the window, and he uh-huh. just sort of swing, swings in the window and out the door, and it's yeah, really hilarious. That's a funny guy. Mm. She, he tells Dracula, and it's like, But Master, you, we all know you can turn into a big bat. What if you turned into a teeny tiny bat and just crawled under the door? And he's saying this right out loud, right next to the door, so the witch can hear him. And, and doesn't so, the witch even say something like, I can hear you? I don't think she does, yeah. but like she might as well. And then just, and then that's... Judd Hirsch doing his sort of Wonder Woman twirl thing. And then they use the, yeah, and then he turns into a teeny tiny bat and yeah, climbs over the door. Little, little bat toy. Looks real cute. Um, and uh, so Dracula, the, the, the hour is coming. Mm-hmm. We're going to miss Halloween. I guess it's going to hurt his residuals. I don't know. Uh, and uh, so he agrees to all the demands. And then she throws in disco dancing. Yes, like, you, and then you have to take me disco dancing every night. Yeah. And he's this like, is disco 19- dancing. I do not remember disco dancing. This, the, this is 1979. That's still still a thing. Yes, Saturday Night Fever is a recent memory. Yes, it's still Saturday, Saturday Night Fever. Here's the deal: Saturday Night Fever is to the late 70s to like mid 80s. Mm-hmm. What like the Matrix was to the late 80s, <laughs> the mid 2000s. Like you were, everyone was sick of the references and parodies, mm-hmm. but they were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You just couldn't escape it. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, and so, <laughs> oh, will we? And then, but what happens is, and even then, the witch says, "No, screw it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick and tired of being marginalized." Mm. And then, two little kids who were like sort of introduced at the beginning of the of the show, who were watching the same news broadcast. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh no, is Halloween going to get canceled?" And their parents tell them like a couple of educational mm. things about Halloween, just so I guess the show doesn't feel too frivolous. Like the kids learn something from it, right? Uh, th- I guess they walked to the witch's castle. Yeah, they they show up at the witch's castle. Just somehow, it's not explained if they were. Driven, or if they mm-hmm. lived nearby, or it, yeah, just how did they know the witch was doing this? Or they're sort of- there. My guess is Igor summoned them somehow by by drinking his own cyst fluid and <laughs> managed to <laughs> managed oh to God. wish why them into you, being. Why would you ever say that sentence? <laughs> Holy, oh my God! Just why? Just to oh. gross you out, William. Yeah. Just oh. to gross you out. Oh. He, ha- he has magic powers. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Holy God, Whitney. Jesus by his, Christ. By pus. Oh my and, God, uh, why would you do that? Anyway, the children yeah. are there and they say, but witch, we love Halloween. We need Halloween because we're children. And she says, well, I'll do it for you. I'm not doing well, it for you, Dracula. Uh, no, that's that's not 100% true. She sees the little boy who's dressed like a scarecrow or something. Mm-hmm. And then she sees that the little girl is dressed like a witch. Mm. And she, she says, "She, you're my, you're my favorite monster. I love you." And then it's kind of a sweet moment because she realizes that she's not doing this for her, for the money, for the acclaim, for the other monsters. She's doing it to inspire children. Mm-hmm. And that's really where, like, if you want to look at this as sort of a feminist allegory, mm-hmm. I was I wanted to watch this with uh, uh, my fiance Michelle because uh, she's got a good beat on these things, and there's a couple of things on this. In some respects, the show is very uh, uh, has a very feminist angle, and a couple of ways you could argue it isn't. And her argument was that this is actually very, very positive, because it's basically, it's in that early era of 20th century feminism, obviously not early in the 20th century, but that 
Mm. Right, that Gloria Steinem, that nascent proto-era of what like we now think of as feminism. I think it's second generation feminism. Whatever it is. I'm, Whatever, I'm yeah. complete ignorance on this, but it, feminism was not 100% there in the consciousness yet. It was still, it was still a fight. Well, no, it, 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 was, it, it was a fight. Was there. It, it was, was there, but it, it was, was a just fight. As We're still fighting it. Uh, well, People we've always fighting. been fighting it, right. but uh, I'm a, I'm, this, is, I'm this is... Okay. <laughs> I'm ignorant. My point is, is that uh, it comes from an era in which this stuff wasn't on TV as much as it should be. Mm. And here is a an iconic figure in popular culture who is mm. female, who's, there aren't many in the, <laughs> in the monster universe, uh-huh. uh, who is accepting that she is sort of a role model and that she is inspiring young children to mm. be groovy, basically. So good. A groovy ghoulie. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so she flies over the moon. To inspire other young girls. Just everyone, really. Halloween at that point. And then disco party, yeah, and uh, and they do their their spinny mo- their spinny Wonder Woman moves, yeah. and they appear in the exact clothing from Saturday Night Fever, yeah, and the credits roll over their disco number, basically, and, yeah. and they have a groovy time. And there's this weird bit because the witch like does her spinny deal, and she looks and she looks like the actress who plays uh, the mm. witch, who is uh, Marriott Hartley. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, that yeah, right. yeah, Marriott Hartley. She's uh, she was nominated for an Emmy for this. Um, and the, the special won an Emmy, by the, the way, yeah, for, it did. for its special effects, which is weird. It was weird, uh, but uh, yeah. So she, she, but she, but here's the interesting thing. I actually think she she was made up better, like for the show, like she was more flattering as the witch because it's <laughs> a very generic look. The witch well, has the, character and personality, and she's just so. She she just, well, she just marches through the the stage with such authority. It's they, so they give her the, charming and great. It's easy for us to look back at sort of the the glam looks of a previous era and judge it a little bit more oh, yeah. objectively. Yeah, like right. That's now, why we do it. Like twenty years on, we're gonna look at sort of the makeup and the style now and say, oh well, that's generic beauty. And well, yeah, well, yeah. Whereas, we will. whereas now we can't really tell. Yeah, that's true. We will. Mm-hmm. We will. We so, do it at the nineties. We'll so, do it in the early two so thousands. In, in, yeah. in nineteen seventy nine, that's what glamour looks like and, and she's perfectly glamorous it's oh just, she's very glamorous fine, she's, she's yeah. lovely she's, she gives a good performance and, she was, and Judd Hirsch wow <laughs> I know it's, it's interesting that like Judd Hirsch wasn't nominated because he really was great so they had uh, outstanding individual achievement in children's programming uh, back in 1980 when this was nominated for uh, mm. Emmys uh, and what's interesting about that category the Emmys and I don't think they have it anymore it was, it was basically just we'll single someone out doesn't matter if they did the same job <laughs> so the nominees for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Children's Programming that year uh, were the makeup in Halloween Almost Wasn't, which won the which won the which won the Emmy. Okay. The editing from Arthur Ginsberg, uh, Marriott Hartley as the witch, and uh, the director and art director separately of Sesame Street in Puerto Rico. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was also nominated for Outstanding Children's Programming. Uh, as was Sesame Street in Puerto Rico, but the that Emmy went to Benji at work. All right, yeah, it was a Benji yeah, special I've never seen. Good for them, I guess. Um, uh, were, were you up on your Benji specials? Is this uh, like I'd a crime like, that you've missed one I of the saw Benji a lot specials? Of Benji, when I was a kid, Benji was ever a Benji the little dog just sort of did dog stuff. At one point, yeah, he saved see, that alien kid. You ever see the Benji like theatrical movie? Oh yeah. Benji the Hunted? No, he did a bunch of theatrical movies, dude. He did, did you ever see the one oh. where Chevy Chase turned into Benji? Oh, Heavenly Dog. Yeah. No, but I've heard it's terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. You shouldn't see it. It's very bad. Uh, but there's a there's actually a show Benji did. I think it was a one-season wonder, so maybe we'll do it on this show. 
which was Benji teaming up with an alien prince mm-hmm. and a floating robot. Yeah, I remember to that To do one. stuff. I remember that one. They did stuff yeah, My together. sister watched that show. It was a bad show. My sister got to call, my sister got to make all the calls in her house because she's <laughs> three, three years older than me. So a lot of the TV I watched as a young child was actually like my sister's show. Uh, anyway, the Halloween almost wasn't, uh, was directed by Bruce Bilson, mm-hmm. uh, who also he did a lot of TV. He did he directed, a lot of TV. He directed like, Hogan's Heroes, Get Smart, The Odd Couple. And on the like one season wonder canceled too soon front, he did shows like uh, the powers of Matthew Starr, the original live action series of the Flash, and one I really want to find, Finder of Lost Loves. <laughs> it was about a guy who found lost loves. Uh, he did Viper. He did Viper. God, I love Viper. Viper <laughs> lasted longer than you'd think. We can't do it on the show. He did. Do you remember the Bradys? The revival of the Brady Bunch. Yes, and that's what I actually want to track down <laughs> for this show. From 1990, yeah. That's what I want to track down. They he, tried he to also, do like the adult Bradys and like how they all turned out. Yeah, yeah. He also Terrible. did, on that same front, The Munsters Today, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst things ever committed to television. Uh, and uh, The Munsters Today starred John Shuck, who played the Frankenstein monster as Herman Munster. So there you go. So it all worked out. John Shuck also uh, starred in a Holmes and Yo-Yo. Oh, so we're going to see him a lot. One of the many, many, many mm. television programs about a tough detective who teams up with a robot who's mm. trying to find out what it means to be human. God, there we already, were... already did Man and Machine. We're going to do Holmes and Yo-Yo as soon as we can track it down. The late 80s were this really golden time for these compl- now completely <laughs> forgotten uh, revivals of shows from like the, the 1960s. So mm. there was not only the Bradys, there was the Monsters Today. Do you even re- have you ever, ever even heard of the new Monkeys? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I did hear the new monkeys. I the think new- I watched the new monkeys. Was that the animated series? Or was no, that the- it was okay. a new live action series with four new uh, new prefab group. New monkeys. New. It was called the new monkeys, and it was four new guys. How how long did that show last? I believe like two and a half episodes. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> Canceled well, I, I know, I know, the, I know. The Brady's lasted only five. Yeah, the Munsters well, today did, lasted two and a half seasons, if which is serves, weird. They so, tried yeah. to, do, they tried to revive the Brady's twice, mm-hmm. and both times it didn't last the full seasons. So there oh, you go. Gosh. Um, also, kind of, also kind of fun if you're like uh, listening to this and you're a horror fan. You've seen the special a lot because you love horror. Uh, the director of photography on this, Pete Sova. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a lot of Barry Levinson movies. He did Diner. Uh, he did Good Morning Vietnam. He did Straight Talk with Dolly Parton, which is a great oh, okay. movie. Right. But he was also the DP on The Strangers in like 2008. Oh, like is, the, the recent ghost movie, right? Or, no, 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 or it's no, a no. horror movie. No, The Strangers sort. was the home invasion movie. Oh, right. I was thinking of the like the visitors or something. No, yeah, no. The, the Strangers was with Liv Tyler, and a lot of people consider that one of the scariest movies of the new century. Mm. It's not my personal favorite, but I will say this. If that movie is scary, it's because of the cinematography. And he's, he's, so he's obviously super talented. And here he is doing this goofy monster thing, which is a lot of fun. Mm. Um, so our usual question, was it canceled too soon, the, uh, doesn't apply here. But here's what I'll say when we do a, a, a television special. Uh, did it deserve to be repeated every single year? Um, I think so. I think this is a very endearing special. I think a little kid watching this can really get behind it. I think Judd Hirsch uh, really makes it hang together in a way that a kid would really kind of be alert to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a little kid would watch these sort of versions of the monsters and easily accept them mm-hmm. as the like a real version of these creatures. Yeah. Um, 
rather than like somebody playing dress up or somebody doing an imitation. It's playful, but it's very sincere. It and it, it's yeah, it's very sincere, and I think it taps into sort of this this fear that a child might have that Halloween might be canceled, and uh, <laughs> and it actually pl- plays that very earnestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and Judd Hirsch and uh, oh God, what was her name? You just Marriott said Hartley. Marriott Hartley. She's great. Uh, are both so good, and they play off each other so well, and they give actually such honest performances mm-hmm. that yeah, you're just you're sort of digging it and kind of happy that they're doing it. Yeah, it's very cheerful. I I liked this it, as again in some ways it's really kind of kind of shabby is what I use. Well, it had like, really low production value, but even just this construction just sets. Yeah, this construction is weird. Dracula wakes up two days before Halloween. To find out from the news that Halloween has been canceled and there's going to be a meeting of the monsters at his house in five minutes. How did he not know if he didn't know? Wait, what? How did he know? How did he plan the party without planning the party because he didn't know that Halloween was going to be canceled until five minutes ago? Did the... News well, station plan the gathering. I'm guessing like that the gathering's sort of like a like they they planned what they're going to do for this Halloween after last Halloween. Oh. They all go into their their slumber. It's like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, we have go. to plan for plan next it. Halloween. And, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, he wakes up just so he can get the monsters together. Say, oh, say we're cool. Plan. Okay, cool. Let's go. And uh, that's what he expected to do. But then he got this news thing, hmm. and they had to change tax at the meeting. All right, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I, 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 here's my point: is it's it's. It's a little flimsy, uh-huh. but it's all done in the spirit of good fun. And even though it's very, very light and it's obviously intended mm-hmm. uh, for young kids, the performances, again, particularly uh-huh. Judd Hirsch and Marriott Hartley and Henry Gibson, I'll give them, I'll give them, I'll make it a treat. Everyone else is fine, but no, almost no one else has any real dialogue to speak of. They just get mm-hmm. a couple of lines and they're gone. Uh, that trio is so fucking funny <laughs> that anyone can appreciate this. And for like a little half hour special, uh, there's no reason why, like, Charlie Brown's Halloween special should be on every single year, and uh, this isn't anymore. This is totally well, something that should be on. They should do, like, a block it of should, Halloween programming. It's not just well, ha- it, Charlie it Brown, sh- it's a bunch. It should be on, but I'm wondering, like, I th- I think, I have enough faith in kids that mm-hmm. they would watch this and enjoy it. Oh, they would. Uh, just like they would watch It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and sure. still love it. But I, I don't. Like, my finger's so far off the pulse of what children are consuming. Mm-hmm. My kid isn't old enough to really start getting into that yet. Yeah, not to have his own opinions anyway. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I'm not sure what sort of Halloween specials kids watch mm-hmm. uh, anymore. Well, I'm not sure what this current generation is consuming. What I am uh, pretty confident of is that they don't show the same ones every single year because they do look at the program. The, well, they look at... They, they, there's not a lot of original sort of standalone Halloween specials. It seems any longer. They're all tie-ins with other, other TV shows. Mostly. TV shows now have Halloween episodes. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Every, every TV show now has had a, at least one Halloween episode. You ever see the uh, Community Halloween episodes? No, I never saw They're Community. So great. No. <laughs> oh my god, the Halloween episodes of Community are mm. almost as good as the Paintball episodes of Community. They're so great. Uh, yeah, the, on- the only ones I'm still really kind of paying attention to are the Simpsons because those mm-hmm. were those were always really terrific. And, the, and for the Halloween specials, they're still pretty consistently good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, although I liked their most recent Halloween episode, which was just a Halloween episode. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, th- and they, they sort of riffed on their, oh, we're going to do the same old crap for the special. But this is our episode. Yeah. In, in their episode. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, I would love to see stuff like this being put back in rotation just to see mm-hmm. if kids react to it in any sort of way. If I this think... can even grab the attention and be a cult favorite again. I think any kid who likes the Hotel Transylvania movies, which again are pretty decent kids movies. We, mm-hmm. we, we both like them a bit. 
Um, Genny Tartakovsky has been on our other show. He's a friend of the show. He's mm-hmm. did, did a good job with those. I think if you like the Hotel Transylvania movies, there's no reason mm-hmm. you couldn't sit still for the Halloween that almost wasn't. That's true. For it, half an hour. It, it's for o- half an it's hour. only 25 minutes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's short enough that you're not going to get squirmy by the end. You know, yeah. Hotel Transylvania, especially the first one, is mm-hmm. un- unbelievably frantic. Like, mm-hmm. adults can't sit that sit through that without losing their breath. Uh little kids who have a lot of sugar in their system are okay with it. <laughs> so yeah, th- this, this kind of sweet, small live action, cheap looking thing is going to be completely unfamiliar. I think to a lot of little kids, Yeah. but again, like I said, I have faith in little kids. Maybe they'll watch this and say, Oh, I get it. It's Dracula. I think if you get the kid little enough and they don't have their expectations completely transformed by mm. uh, the Too- mores of today, the yeah. franticness, the animation styles, the production quality, whatever you want to say, mm. Uh, if you get them watching stuff like this young enough, mm-hmm. they will accept it. I think they'll well, really enjoy this. this yeah. Well, and here, here's a comment on that. Uh, uh, a friend of mine has an eight-year-old daughter, and she's being raised without programmed television, mm. which is the new milieu. People don't yeah. go to TV at a certain time. Well, I mean, some people do. People still like try to see Game of Thrones first thing. Yeah, but, but it's the, not the norm. It's not the norm. People yeah. are going to uh, TV on demand now on services like Netflix. and. Yeah. Uh, little kids now don't have a concept of seeing a show at a certain time on a certain day. There's no scarcity involved. It's it's always going to be available. There's no scarcity, and the notion of what is new or hip is kind of vanishing because it's all available now. My Little Pony is just two different shows now. It's not the old one and the new one. It's just this My Little Pony and that My Little Pony. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I just want to see the one from 1986. They're not going to think 1986. They just want to see the one that looks that way. And so okay. my, 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 my friend's daughter now has no distinguish, uh, distinguishing characteristics between the old shows, what is TV history to us, mm-hmm. and what is brand new and hip to us. Well, that actually sounds very it's, positive. So, yeah, it's very positive because this... This milieu is going to allow kids to see something like the Halloween that almost wasn't and not think about it as an old TV program. It's just another TV program. You to just them. made that sound so much more positive than anyone else because everyone else is talking <laughs> about just how horrible it is. Well, and here's, that, there's actually a real big upside if you, if you try to use this the right way. If, if you use it the right way, if you sell it as a good thing rather than the hip thing, mm-hmm. rather than trying to watch this and then go to Toys R Us and find the toys that tie into it and try to get it as part of this big marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. eliminate that just try to watch a good show yeah. and you'll be able to get your kid in on whatever they're just going to see whatever I like it there you go I like it that's, yeah, yeah. that's really really great okay so uh, since they don't show the Halloween Almost mm-hmm. Wasn't on TV every year mm-hmm. it was cancelled too soon <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it, it ran yearly for 13 years. Which I think that's pretty a, good. I think that's a fine run, actually. I, but there's, why not show it? Why not keep showing it? Uh, why not? What else are you there, showing on the Disney Channel all the time? There's like, room for other things. Uh, if, if the Disney Channel is just going to crack out their usual Donald Duck cartoons, that's okay, too. But they, they don't. They're, they're showing. Admittedly, uh, Disney actually has some really good programming right now, but mm-hmm. like that's. They they don't show the old stuff anymore. Yeah, not yeah. not not with any sort of regularity. What, what I, I would mean, love I, to see. I remember remember Mousterpiece Theater. I do. Mousterpiece Theater was a great they show. Their, their live action movies. Well, they did. Or, I guess they mostly showed the old animated shorts. It was basically it was Masterpiece Theater. It was an mm. old man, if memory serves, mm. uh, at in like a parlor room with a fireplace and old books that probably mm. smell of leather, <laughs> and uh, and he and they would just sort of show the old mm. cartoon, like the old cartoons. 
And it was kind of nice. It was sort of like a treat, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was sort of like curated. Like it was only kind of special about him. It made what was old seem, maybe not new, but very special. Yeah. Like you're yeah. lucky. You get to watch these. How great is that? Well, and, and that'd be kind of nice, actually. And Disney was actually, I was really insidious about that, about sort of withholding and letting you have little tastes of their classics mm-hmm. here and there. They, they were really stingy about their animated features for the longest time. Yeah. About like releasing them on home video like only once. And then, oh, no, no, it's going back in the vault, they would say. Yeah, they still do that a little bit, but it's not as, well, it's now, not as pervasive. Now, now they just sort of spilled Blu-rays everywhere and who cares? Well, actually, they're, they're giving up on Blu-rays. They're actually like, the movies are getting big Blu-rays, like the biggest stuff, but like uh-huh. TV, for example. They're yeah, not putting them out on Blu-ray at all. They're not putting them out on DVD. They might do like a three-episode collection, but they're not putting like Gravity Falls out in multiple seasons. No, definitely they're not. They're just putting it on uh, on digital. YouTube, That's where it lives. Yeah. I want to own that. I want to have that forever. <laughs> I want to show my kids that. I don't want it on somebody else's database. I want it on my shelf. You yeah, know? so that I own it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rent it for a long time. Anyway, yeah, uh, um, yeah Halloween almost wasn't. Uh, really wonderful. I would recommend you track it down. It's it's on YouTube in various forms. It's easy a, to find. Do we have a letter? Uh, we have several letters. Uh, okay. We, in fact, have one very, very long letter, if you, oh, <laughs> if you want to get at least just this let's, one. Let's, so let's do it. Let's, this let's comes from Christian. Uh, says, and if you want to if you want to email us, we're at uh-huh. bmoviespodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Uh, you can email us with Cancel Too Soon letters, letters about uh, the B-Movies podcast as well. Let's, uh, let's see what we got. So, so this is about Cancel Too Soon, of course. So yeah, we're going okay. to read this one. Hey, guys, I just wanted to shoot you an email. First off, thank you for reading my Vulture ID on the podcast. It was great to hear. A Vulture, to remind uh, new listeners, was the villainous organization from Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. And on the show, they never explained what it stood for. Yeah, it's an acronym. It's clearly so we, an acronym, but they never said what Vulture stood we for. We threw it out to the fans, and we got a lot of very entertaining suggestions. Yeah. Uh, second, you can take this for what it's worth, but I wanted to say something that you sort of alluded to on your vinyl episode. Okay. Uh, we covered vinyl. You and... You indicated a lot of people were advocating you do vinyl. I know some people have been pushing for Firefly, which had the movie anyway, but I wanted to weigh in. Uh, When you think of these great one-season shows, the ones that get brought up often, you hear a lot of the same names. Firefly, Mm -hmm. Freaks and Geeks, My Soul Called Life, Mm -hmm. Terriers, etc. Mm -hmm. A lot of these shows have been discussed, analyzed, lamented, and praised. There's at least one other podcast that covers your same topic, and they've covered some some or all of these shows. The AV Club has a recurring article talking about one-season shows. This I know. Yeah, it's been, it's a topic that's that's yeah. been done before. Yeah, there's a reason why these shows get brought up again and again, and that's fine. Other than I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about some of these series, but I want to say that you've also got a guy here who's fine with you doing other shows. Well, that's kind of our goal. Yeah. What the, the, what can the, we add to the conversation about freaks and gays? Yeah, we'll probably get to it at some point, just to yeah, say, just so we can say we did. But yeah. like. The, what I love about this program, what I love about this show and doing this show, like this, I, I love this show, is that there is so much uh, uh, meticulous analysis and curation of the movies and television shows and comic books or whatever that we all grew up with. But it's mostly veered towards the stuff that was popular or developed a bit of a cult. Mm. There's so many things that were non-starters <laughs> that just they tried, they honestly tried, and, I think, and it didn't work for one or another. Here's the and thing. Gone. We the, can discover things. The popular on things show. also gave sort of a voice or uh, defined the decade in which they came out in mm-hmm. some sort of significant way, which is why they're brought up. They're historically yeah. significant. Even though Freaks and Geeks didn't last more than a season, it gave us like this whole new generation of they, comedians. We we see these things as sort of the starting point of what was to come after it. 
if we want to analyze what was actually going on at the time, the fashion, the language, the artistic mm-hmm. choices, you go to what's unpopular. We talked about this yeah. when we were talking about Hot Springs Hotel yeah. and clothing. Yeah. Uh, if no, you that's wanna, a good point. If you want to look at like what good artistically forthright shows were doing and like what good costuming looked like, mm-hmm. you go to something like Freaks and Geeks. You want to see what people were were actually dressing like in 1997? You watch Hot Springs Hotel. Yeah, because it's that's, actually much more of a time capsule. Because they're either either don't have the money to not buy whatever is just at the Gap, or they're pandering and they're just playing what they think is popular now. They're not trying mm. to start a new trend. They're, they're yeah, pandering yeah, yeah, yeah. to what they think you already like, and so it's interesting. So I, it's I interesting think, at a variety of levels, yeah, and I just yeah, think so, there's a lot of wonderful potential shows. I think there's so that are gone, and we get to talk about them and discover them and introduce them. There's and so, maybe so much even more help build an audience. So much more that's interesting to me about yeah. shows that didn't last. But again, we will get to the stuff uh, that everyone requests, but mm. we're going to do it sporadically. Like every four or five episodes, we'll do a reasonably popular yeah. uh, request. Anyway, Christian has much more to say. I'm sure uh, he does. In the 21st century, when every where everyone's got a voice, when pop culture is critically explored in unprecedented ways and degrees, when episodes are analyzed on websites hours after they air, yeah. these one-season shows get, in some ways, the same analysis that ongoing or successful shows already have. There are literally decades of seasons worth of one-season shows out there. I don't care if people did complain about Man and Machine. I dug it because I'd never heard of it before. Uh, the Muppets I kind of liked because I thought you two made very... Uh, he's talking about our episodes uh, where we talked about Man and Machine. Sure. Uh, I dug it because I'd never heard of it before. The Muppets I kind of liked because I thought the two of you made very uh, precinct observation. He probably means succinct observation. Uh, Muppets are so ubiquitous that people like them in concept, but they don't necessarily feel the need to go out of their way to watch a new show about the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Because in some ways it feels like the immediacy to see them doesn't pack any punch due to their own ubiquity. That's a good point. That's fair. That's an excellent point. Uh, well articulated, too. Uh, MST3K has come up on your show a few times. This, we know. We, we're of the generation. Uh, we're we're uh, of the generation and specific demographic. Uh, <laughs> one great thing about that show is that it found a lot of those obscure movies that would probably be otherwise lost to time had they not been found and riffed. You sort of have a chance to do a similar thing here, and personally, I'm looking forward more to those episodes. With Black Bart, you took something that was never really supposed to see the light of day, and you made an episode out of that. You gave that show a level of relevance. Well, I'm not sure how much we did. <laughs> it's nice to but, it's nice, but it's, it's nice to think I, that someone thought that though. That's yeah, really that, great. Well, that, that we are able to have a conversation about it. Yeah. I know MST3K sometimes took movies that had a certain level of notoriety, but I think most fans would argue that none of the great strengths of that show was taking something forgotten and working their magic with no, it, I, no, I, and presenting it in a way where you as an audience sat there simultaneously entertained but also wondering, I can't believe this actually got made. That's an actually an excellent mm. point about MST3K, and I've made that point myself uh, on you, a number you of You would never have heard of Mitchell or Manos mm. the Hands of Manos Fate. Manos the Hands or, of Fate did not exist. Mm-hmm. It, it was out there. No one cared. No one would have sat through it for more than five yeah. minutes Here's if MST3K hadn't mm. have brought it to our attention and showed us just how insane it was. There was this time in in basic television before cable when after midnight, this these cheapo Ed Wood movies well, would what, play and they were easy to to get the rights to. Yeah, they were what, cheap. What would happen is the yeah the, the station could buy up big blocks of feature films for no money and yeah. use them just to fill out a. Uh, schedule. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'd do after-hours programming. Often they'd go off the air. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they just sort of f- pad out their program with these movies that they got for nothing. And, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, the public station, KMET, where MST3K started, mm-hmm. uh, was only working with that vault. Yeah, they just they, had they were, these They were movies. curious. Like, yeah. there's these cheap movies. You guys are going to show these anyway. Can we have them for free and put them on our show? And they said, sure. They didn't care. Comedy yeah. Legend was made. No, and it's true. But, like, my point is, is that before home video and before we had multiple stations of cable... 
you just had what was on, and so people actually had seen hmm. just randomly on television Bride of the Monster. It was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could see it. And then once those things, once home video and cable started happening, these movies became worthless. Yeah, and no one. They ne- hardly ever screened. Networks did. Well, they, ne- hard, they did a little bit, but they were dying. And then MST3K they, they actually, made them a thing again. They actually did for a long time, but they were all of a sudden started being aired in primetime, which was really weird. Mm. And I remember my local affiliate KCOP Channel 13 here in Los Angeles. What did, what did they air? Because uh, I had they, a KCOP too. I don't remember okay, airing these crap. They had they had like weeks of creature features. It's like we're yeah. going to do all Bug Week or all Frog Week. Yeah, and they they had to come up with more and more creative names for these frog. like. <laughs> yeah, for like these theme weeks of horror movies that they'd show Frog in prime time. Week. They had one uh, one called Not for the Week Week, which I thought was really stupid. <laughs> it was really it's funny good, listening actually. to their local affiliate saying, it's Not for the Week Week, and we're going to just show whatever random horror films that's they actually, got that week. That's actually pretty great. Uh, and but, then they also had like sex comedies. They just yeah. run what they had in prime time. But yeah, a lot of these things are, became yeah. iconic partially because MSC3K kept them alive. Yeah, yeah. And that's great. Anyway, the thing about, back to Christian, yes, uh, the, thing, the thing about television I've always found kind of interesting is that with a Movie or a, a movie or song can be created and shopped around. With TV, there's little more of a connection to historically the channels the show has been broadcasting on. Hmm. There's more of a develop development there that's intertwined, which again leads me to some leads me to sometimes shake my head when I see something crazy and say I can't believe this actually got made because there is or at least one a limited amount of space on the air- airwaves at some, and at some point a network said yes we'll go with this. Yeah, I'm about your guy's age and growing up the really unfunny joke was 500 channels and nothing's on. Mm-hmm. The, I grew up with 50 channels and nothing's on, but yeah. Either one sounds now, ridiculous. Now it's if about, about 5,000 and still yeah. nothing's on. Uh, the thing is, there was a lot of truth to it. A lot of cable channels had what they could get. Sure, you had MST3K here and a Dream On there, and MTV took a chance here, and there might have been pro wrestling there. But overall, there wasn't a lot of new stuff being created, not compared to the networks. I remember how huge it was when the sci-fi channel came into existence. I was so excited. When that well, it was happened. a blast to have a place to watch old lost in space, night gallery and V episodes. Oh, oh hang on. <laughs> Do not forget quantum leap. Excuse Half me. Half of that network was quantum leap for a while. <laughs> and Friday the 13th, of the series. Uh, I remember a certain disillusionment when I realized that essentially this entire network was made up of reruns. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, that was a lot. Like you watch the early days of the Cartoon Network, it was all Popeye. Yeah, it's yeah. like just Popeye for the longest Comedy time. Comedy Central showed soap. They, they showed. You know, they had to show entire episodes of Saturday Night Live because one episode of Saturday Night Live is eight hours, and they can just fill an well, entire. Another block. thing they would do is they would show actually like some like one season wonders mm. like uh, what was it the Duck Factory with Jim Carrey. They would <laughs> well, show the Duck Factory. We'll there were get, like six episodes of the Duck Factory. We'll get to the Duck Factory. Oh, we'll get to the Duck Factory. <laughs> you just uh, wait. <laughs> so much has changed since then, and you've got all kinds of niche networks popping up that are are airing original shows to much more so- segmented audiences that you had in the 20th century, the early years of the 20th. First, Wonder Chosen first mm. aired over 15 years ago. Ah, oh, that makes me feel old. And Tim and Eric first aired almost 10 years ago. Without judging how good or bad these shows are, it's hard to imagine these shows having the success that they did. At the very least, they both got multiple seasons in previous decades. Uh, yeah. Wonder Chosen, maybe. <coughs> you right? I feel like it could have snuck on somewhere. Tim and Eric was just public access TV. It was a, yeah, spoof yeah like access. you just put on public access TV mm-hmm. 30 years ago and it was Tim and Eric. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. It was weird. So this makes these weird, obscure and forgotten shows that did make it onto the air in years past all the more wonderful and all the more fascinating when you guys tackle them. Again, like again, that's our goal. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm making sense here. I don't want to fall into the TLDR territory, so I'll start wrapping up. All I'm saying is for the record, you've got at least one guy out there who's far more excited to hear what you, you guys doing 
a David Lynch post Twin Peaks show <laughs> that he'd ever that he'd never even heard of than he is to hear you guys do an HBO show that just got canceled a few months ago. I'm hoping for you guys for more stuff like the former. I know people are crying out for the latter, but I say the weird, forgotten, hidden, or obscure shows are where it's at. Just one fan's opinion. Keep up the good work, and thanks for reading, Christian. Christian, thank you for being on our wavelength, because that's those yeah. are our favorites, too. We like the other stuff, mm-hmm. but I think I speak for others, and I say those are our favorites, too. Yeah. Um, and we've got really good... My, my shelf of One Season Wonders is growing very <laughs> gradually, but very steadily. We're good. I was very upset to learn that Acapulco Heat lasted two seasons. <laughs> Such a pity. There's a lot of shows like that. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we have some cool, cool, crazy, weird stuff coming. Mm-hmm. And again, we're paying attention to this season. Um, which probably make a vow that whatever gets canceled first, we'll just do it. <laughs> like whatever lasted two episodes while well, they're still on Hulu, we'll just we'll just do that one in like November. If we, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what what, what is? I don't know what's my, gonna. My money's on pitch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, oh, I don't know. Pitch looks fine. Like I watched the first episode of MacGyver. It's not very the, the MacGyvery, MacGyver. but it's the, the pilot episode. I was actually kind of bummed. It was like part of it, like oh, it's not very good. I hope it gets canceled soon. And then it's like so we can do it on the show. And then it actually got huge ratings. So yeah. maybe it'll be fine. It wasn't that bad. It just didn't feel like MacGyver. Whatever. That's a topic for another time. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot of cool stuff coming. Thank you for that. We got cool stuff coming uh, in uh, uh, October, actually. Well, you, uh, for... you, you wanted to jam-pack the whole month. So we're, yes. you're, you're, you have me working overtime. Well, okay. Bending to be over fair, backwards. The, most of the shows we've done for Cancel Too Soon have lasted like 12 episodes or less. Or they mm. were like sitcoms. So they really weren't, even though they were like... Was there like sixteen episodes I, of Hot Springs Hotel? It was only like four I, I, hours I, I, of entertainment. I, 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 I had to say I had to sit through sixteen effing episodes of Hot Springs. But that Hotel. was the longest one. In in October, we're mm. seeing two series that lasted over twenty episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now they're short lot. episodes, but there's a lot of them. And if I, I had got, known, I got a family, man. This is a I lot of time. Known, one of them lasted twenty nine episodes. Mm. I probably wouldn't have committed mm. us to it, but we're committed. Like, there, there was um, one I really wanted to do called uh, called Joe ninety. Uh, which was it was a Jerry Anderson super marionation show from yeah. England from uh, the seventies. Uh, uh, the premise of the well, yeah. sneak preview. The premise of the show is uh, a young boy, ten years old. His father's a brilliant scientist and has a super spy teaching machine, Ooh. and he straps his young son into this machine and gives him spy <laughs> knowledge and sends him out into the field. That and, then, awesome. and then it kind of vanishes from his memory, so he's not like constantly learning. But okay. he's a secret agent, and he has the know-how from this learning machine. That sounds cool. And uh, But because it was a British daily show, it only lasted one season, but that's like 42 episodes. Oh, I know. Like, Those are hard. I, I, we can't do that. No, we, if we're going to do that, we have to plan to do that like six months in advance. Yeah, seriously. It, we still have day jobs. We still have to watch all these movies and do all these other shows, and we have another <laughs> show we might be doing as well that is actually looking really good but it's hard to say when it's going to start so I don't want to jinx it by announcing it but right. it's looking like we're going to have a third podcast soon um, but <laughs> so if, if you like us we're all over your face yeah uh, so next week on Cancel Too Soon we're going to be uh, doing one of the our, our longest television series to date it was just longest one running, yeah. Yeah, long, it did last only one season, but it was 21 episodes. We're going to do the 1990 version of Dracula the series. It's pretty special. Do you it's even okay. remember that this existed? You know, a I, lot of people don't. I, I, I did, uh, mostly because I got a, a compilation CD of TV theme songs. Yeah, well, I know a couple people have had this compilation. And I had, I had the compilation I heard. It's like, Dracula. Oh, I kind of remember seeing bumpers for that. And now I've people, seen a couple episodes. A lot of people remember the opening credits <coughs> music, which is kind of like hip it's mm-hmm. like uh, it's kind of a disco-y thing to it. It's like it's got bang, a lot. It's got bang, a lot of bass. Bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Bow, 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 bow. 
Dracula. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but it's basically, and I'll just give you a little teaser. Uh, it's the Lost Boys versus Dracula every week. The show, pretty much live action. Only, only the Lost Boys are sucky Canadian actors. <laughs> we'll oh, get to them. Mia we'll Kirshner is on that and show. Mia you know Mia Kirshner from the L Word, first like season or two of Twenty Four. She was she's, in Adam Agoyan's Exotica. Yeah, and, she's great, and she's like fifteen in it, so it's really weird. Um, so we're gonna talk about that next week. I can't wait to talk about that show because that was that oh, was interesting. pretty special. And then uh, again, stay tuned uh, throughout the month of October. Every other week, we're going to be doing another Halloween special of some sort. Uh, we might have at least one special guest uh, is the plan, and uh, then we're also going to do another long, long, <laughs> long <laughs> Halloween oh horror themed television series. This one's from the '80s. We'll do that in the second half of October. Yeah, well, and if you want more Halloween, well, and stuff we'll, from we'll, a, ju- we'll tease you. We won't tell you what it we're is. We're not going to tell you that one yet. We'll tell you that one later. Uh, and uh, uh, and if you want more Halloween stuff, uh, listen to the B Movies podcast, uh, which you can also get on iTunes, uh, which we also host. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this month, every week, we're re- we're reviewing an entire horror franchise Duh. because we didn't have enough spare time. Uh, well, <laughs> because like fuck it, let's 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 watch all the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movies be- again this week. Because I'm a horror fan, yeah. and because I've actually written about a lot of these in the past, yeah. I'm already pretty well versed in a lot of these movies. I have to catch up on However, <laughs> huge franchises. Um, yeah. I- I'm also watching the Leprechaun remake. I do it for you, Damien! <laughs> that one... That one hurts. <laughs> That's another preview. We'll do that. Uh, one. And, I'm, but, and I've seen a Leprechaun Five. Yeah. So, yeah. so this week on the B Movies podcast, and it should be available around the time mm. this episode's out. Uh, we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. all of them. Yeah, uh, all, and it should be nine, really, all, really fun to talk about. All so nine, nine of them, eight and a half. Yeah. Well, Although we're not talking it. about Freddy's Nightmares because we're saving that for never cancel too soon. Sometime that lasted more than one season. We cannot. It more than one season. It sure did. Holy shit! Well, we still do Nightmare Cafe. I think we can. Okay, good. I'll have to look up Nightmare Cafe. That won't be this Fre- season, but I we'll did do look Nightmare. up Freddy's Nightmares, and it lasted more than one season. Damn it. So, All right, well, sorry. we'll get to it eventually. Same with Friday the 13th, the series. Last lasted two years. All right, fine. Uh, well, uh, again, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at B Movies Podcast. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And again, you can email us, B Movies Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, we always take suggestions. Uh, and we also take suggestions now that we're doing these mini episodes for uh, weird TV movies, Halloween specials, or mm. holiday specials for future holidays. Think, stuff, think, oddball stuff that only aired once. Uh, we want to know what you barely remember. Yeah. In fact, if you can give us a vague description of a show. I mean, we'll try know, to track it down. If you know the show, just tell us what it's called. And we'll track it down. Like it's not a, it's not a game, but like <laughs> if you, if you can only remember a thing, we'll try and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so thank you again. Uh, listening. We'll be back next week with Dracula, the series and, um, bleep, bleep.